Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Please be seated. If you have your Bible, smartphones, or tablets, and you want to follow along, uh, please uh, do that. We are in uh, looking at the passage that was just read. We are in part nine of our walk through Philippians, and to me, it feels like a run through Philippians because there's so much I want to say, but I haven't had the time to say it, so uh, we're just going to continue on that, that route. Uh, but today's, uh, I love uh, today's passage. It is just really helpful. Another week, another world crisis. Russia has invaded Ukraine. The prognosticators are trying to predict what that will mean for us. Probably higher prices for gas and for bread. And that's the best case scenario. And we're praying for the people of Ukraine. Seems that we've been hit with one storm after another. Well, COVID was more like a hurricane. Politics have become polarized. And everybody seems to be angry. Life seems to be more uncertain these days than ever. This week we lost one of our own, Barb McCann, and the storm for those who knew her uh, is large. Seems that a large number of people that I'm talking to, both here and online, you've been through some pretty big storms lately. So what does Scripture call us to do when you're lashed by the storms of life? Here's what the passage of Scripture we looked at today says. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown, catch this, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Stand firm in the Lord in this way. When it comes to the storms of life, stand firm. When, it, when the crisis hits, stand firm. When the enemies of our soul attacks, stand firm. When life is tough, stand firm. Scripture urges us to do that over and over and over again. When Paul was closing off the letter to the Corinthians, he said, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be strong or be courageous. Be strong. When Paul was speaking to the Ephesians about the storms of spiritual warfare, he said, Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. When Paul was speaking about those who were trying to draw the Galatian church away from the faith, he says, It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. I could go on and on, but the call in the middle of the crises of life is to stand firm. The call in the middle of the storms of your life is to stand firm. When trial comes, when persecution happens, when temptation is at your door, and people try to persuade you that right is wrong and wrong is right, stand firm. But what I love about this passage today is that it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm in this way. So how do we do it? Well, let me take you back to uh, the way that Paul says to stand firm. Let me review for you the, the, the last couple of weeks. If you haven't heard these sermons, they're, 
They're on our website in, in text form or on Spotify or on YouTube. But let me give you the two-minute review, because this takes up a couple of, or one of the stand firms anyways. Stand firm in this way. Here's, here's how to do it. Um, Paul gives us his testimony. He used to trust in his own effort, human effort, to become righteous and have a relationship with God, but no longer. He has disowned all those things he used to do to gain God's approval, and now he's trusting in Christ, and Christ alone for his righteousness. The whole focus is on knowing Christ. That's the treasure he, he seeks. That's what he's looking forward to. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, I want to know Christ is what Apostle Paul says. Yes, I want to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. He's looking for, for God, to be God-infused. He looks to be infused with the power of the resurrection. He's looking to participate with uh, Christ in his death by dying to the old nature. He's looking to be fully alive, and he has inklings of this in his own life. He doesn't consider himself to have fully realized this yet. Uh, verse 12, it says, Not that I've already obtained all this or already have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet, ha yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's pressing, he's straining towards the treasure of knowing the fullness of God in his life through Jesus. It's all about knowing Jesus. That was last week. And then he goes on to say this, and this is where we pick up our passage today. All of us then who are mature, should take a, a view of things. And if some, on some point you think differently, that, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. If you're going to stand firm in the, in the storms of life, the first thing that has to happen is you have to keep on pressing into Jesus. Keep on pressing into knowing Jesus. He says goes on to say then, let us live, live up to what we've already obtained. So we talked about knowing Jesus last week, but he says, live out what we've already obtained. I don't know about you, but my spiritual life doesn't always go in a linear line up and to the right, right? It has this way of going like this, and you hope you're, you're getting closer to Jesus. Paul says, yeah, I know life it's kind of weird sometimes. And we have this way of pushing into Jesus. And sometimes you can just kind of fall back and coast. Just don't do that. Don't, don't go there. Live out what you've already obtained. Um, you've come to a deeper intimacy with Jesus? Stay there. Don't slip back. And if you have slipped back, repent. And do what you uh, and regain what you've lost. When it comes to standing firm in the storms of life, not only do you need to press into knowing Jesus, but you need to live out what you've already obtained. This is pressing towards Jesus in a different manner. Hold on to the gains you've made. Don't shrink back. Go forward. Hold fast. 
stand firm. And then Paul goes on. Verse 17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, just as you have always, uh, as you have had, have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. We live in a cancel culture. We're really reluctant to hold anybody up as a model. And it seems that so many people who were on pedestals have fallen off. That's why we have that saying, people will let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. It's true, people will let you down. Even if you've been around the Apostle Paul, there were times when you would have been disappointed. How about that time that Paul was arguing about whether John Mark should come on a mission trip uh, with him? Uh, He was arguing back and forth with, with Barnabas. John Mark, you see, had let Paul down in an earlier mission trip. And Paul says, no way he's coming with us. No way. I'm thinking, Paul, where's your grace? Where's your giving second chances? I'm, I'd be disappointed. We see a little later on that John Mark is part of the ministry team again. That, the, that dispute became so sharp that Paul went one way and Barnabas went another way. They ended up having a falling out. Come on, Paul. In spite of this, Paul puts himself up as a model. He says... He does this in other places too. First Corinthians chapter 11, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So what's going on here? People will let you down, yet he says, hey, follow the model I've given you. Keep your eyes on, on those who live as we do. Paul describes himself as a, matter, or a model, or another translation, it's the word is pattern. Um, the, the Greek word is, is used for for a stamp on metal. If you want to put your insignia on a coin, you could stamp that into metal. And there would be a pattern or grooves in the metal. And each piece that was stamped would look fairly similar given the technology that they had. There are certain grooves in, the people, in people's lives who are spiritually mature. And they just seem to live out those grooves. Again, people will let you down. Nobody's perfect. None of us are perfect. But keep your eyes on Jesus, but watch out for the grooves that people who are spiritually mature live by. You will see in them that they develop this deep trust in the character of God. You'll see a holiness in them that's not put on, but it just stems out of this intimacy, this walk with God. They're listening to God. They're obeying God. They're hearing God's voice, and, and that produces a holiness of life. You see them using their spiritual gifts to help others bear fruit. You'll see them engaging their world, but in a spirit-led way. You'll You'll see this groove or this pattern where uh, you'll see them demonstrating love to those around him. 
you'll start to see these grooves and patterns, and spiritually mature people have these. They pattern their lives, and, 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 and it's easy to see, and that's what Paul's talking about. You know, you can, can see us, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. It's helpful to have mentors in the faith. It's helpful to read biographies of the people of God. It's helpful to see others, how others have walked their spiritual life. What you're looking for is not to hold them up as some uh, angelic being. That's not it. You don't want to put them on a pedestal. That's not it. But look for the patterns. Look for the patterns that have allowed them to mature into people who look like Jesus. If you have a chance, take these kind of people out for coffee and ask them about their faith journey. How did you come to faith? What are your spiritual practices right now? How, how did you, you learn to, uh, to walk in faith? If you're going to stand firm, follow the patterns of people who are spiritually mature. Learn how they stood firm in the face of trouble. Find out what has made them strong and adopt those patterns in life if you can. The ability of people, uh, the ability to stand firm is strengthened by patterns of life that have made people throughout the ages deep in the faith. By the way, it matters who you associate with who your best friends are. If you're associating with a number of people who don't have any kind of patterns that will push them onto maturity, that's going to be a problem down the road. This is especially true of your Christian friends. Look for people who can mentor you. Here's the thing. In the church, you're going to find spiritually mature people. And then you're going to find people who will try to pry you away from Christ. When you see those people stand firm in Christ. Verse 18. For I've often told you before, and I now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. We don't know exactly who Paul is talking about here, but they have four characteristics. No matter what they say, they live as enemies of the cross. Their God is in their stomach. Their glory is their shame. Their minds are set on earthly things. These people live as if sin is irrelevant. When it talks about their God being their stomachs, it could be... Uh, taken to mean their, their fleshly appetites. They're, they're proud of things that they should be ashamed of. Their minds are, are set on the desires of the flesh, the accumulation of things, position, and power. That's not the only time that Paul has warned the church that, about people who live like this. Paul, Paul was speaking to the uh, elders at Ephesus, and this is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verse 29. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you, and they'll not spare the flock. 
even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning you, each, each of you, uh, night and day with tears. The threats to standing firm can come from within or from without the body of Christ. Paul says there will even be people in your own number who will emerge and distort the truth. In the face of that, stand firm. Beware of the business person who attends church to find contacts rather than finding Christ. We expect people who call themselves Christians to deal with each other with integrity. It doesn't always happen that way. Those are wolves. For those of you who are listening and are single... There's a kind of person who uses the the church to to meet people in the name of Christ without being Christian. Their character hasn't been transformed. They prey on the lonely and on the insecure. Watch out for them. Those are wolves. Watch out for the power-hungry wolf. They set their heart on power and prestige and social standing. The tools of their trade are slander and gossip and backbiting. They create factions. Humility is totally foreign to them. That's a wolf. I could go on and on, but you get the idea. Paul warns that these threats are going to come from within and outside the church. And in the face of these kind of threats, stand firm. Stand firm against the wolves. Stand firm against the wolves. I think it's helpful to note that while they come, God's given you the ability to stand. Paul goes on, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven. We, we eagerly await a Savior from, from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power uh, that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform your lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Wow, I wish I had a whole sermon to preach on this, but I don't. Let me just say that Philippi was a Roman city full of Roman citizens, and Philippi was at least a six-week journey from Rome. They were used to taking, taking the Philippians were used to taking their cues uh, on how to conduct business and government from a distant place. So when Paul says our citizenship is in heaven, they got it. Jesus primarily taught on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. He taught what it means to be a citizen of heaven. It doesn't start when we get to heaven. It starts right now as we, as we live out the culture of heaven. We love God. We love our neighbors. We care for others in the messiness of life. That, that's what it means to be a citizen of heaven. We live out the culture of heaven where, where Jesus is king and we follow his rule. Someday Jesus is going to come back and take us to be with him. This will either happen when we die or when he returns. 
doesn't matter. His power is going to transform us to be like his glorious body. See, but understanding and living out the culture of heaven now, uh, and we will be with Jesus for eternity, knowing that helps us to stand firm. Live out the culture of heaven. Live it out and know that you're going to go there one day. Get used to living under Jesus' rule. Philippians 4. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. In what way? Press into knowing Jesus. That'll cause you to stand firm. Live out what you've already attained. Live up to it. That'll help you to stand firm. Don't fade back. Follow the pattern of the spiritually mature. Learn what the grooves of life are that that cause that to happen in our lives. Stand firm against the wolves. They're going to come. Paul says they're going to come. Don't be surprised when they come. Just stand firm. Live out the culture of heaven. Paul says stand firm in the Lord in this way. Catch that in the Lord. This is not all up to you. This is about abiding in Christ, living out of your intimacy with Jesus. You're standing firm in the Lord, pressing into knowing Jesus, living out what you've already attained, following the pattern of the spiritual mature, standing firm against the wolves, living out the culture of heaven. Another week, another crisis. But you don't need to be dismayed. In this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus said. But he also said, take heart. I've overcome the world. So I want to encourage you, in the middle of your trouble, stand firm. Let's pray. Thanks, Lord, for your word. We need it. Help us to stand firm. I pray for those, Lord, who are feeling pretty wobbly right now. Give them grace to stand firm. Pray for those, Lord, who have feel pretty overwhelmed. I pray, Lord, that they would connect with you and be able to stand firm. Pray for those, Lord, as we walk into this Uh, out of COVID, into an uncertain world, you'd help us to stand firm. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page. Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.